On today's episode of the Wave Podcast, we have Orioles are halfway through their West Coast road stretch. We break down where they are through the Seattle series and two games through the San Diego Padres series. We're also breaking down what will be known as the Cedric Mullins game. Coming in in the ninth, robbing a huge home run and then hitting the go-ahead home run in extras. Grayson Rodriguez makes his best professional start in San Diego, going seven innings with a bunch of strikeouts, only one walk, and a huge win in game one over the Padres. Colton Kowser gets sent down to AAA with Aaron Hicks coming back. We break down what that looks like for Colton and what that means for his future. On the football side, the Ravens beat the Eagles 2019 in their first preseason game, extending their preseason winning streak to 24. Marlon Humphrey's hurt. He's going to miss some time with a foot injury after having surgery on Tuesday. Zay Flowers is continuing to just cook people in camp and in the joint practices with the commanders. And this week, we're drafting the top five most electric college football players of all time. Shout out to Johnny Menzel in light of the untold Johnny football doc. Absolutely loaded episode 66 for you guys. Thanks for coming back as always. And here we go. Episode 66. Welcome back to the Wave Podcast. Today is Friday, August 18th, 2023. Scott's sipping on a Miller Lite, not an ally. Hey, come on. <laughs> Christ, dude. Kidding, kidding, of course. Lord kidding. be. Damn it. <laughs> Got me fucking mad. Scott, how are you? I'm good, dude. I'm good. I'm enjoying this little week off in between my, my summer classes and fall classes. 18 credits a semester. That'll be uh That'll be Jesus. a bit of a, that'll be a bit of a doozy, um, but no. We why got are you taking Why are you taking so many? That's so goddamn many. Um, to try and speed it up a little bit. I mean, it's online, so it, you can pace yourself pretty well. It's just, I mean, it's gonna be a shitload of work. I'm trying yeah. to get done as soon as possible. This yeah. is the only semester. This just gets me aligned for this time next year. Then I back to normal after that. All right. Well, that's good. I never took more than sixteen in college. Yeah, it's gonna be eighteen's a lot. It's gonna be a lot. Sure yeah. is. Jesus. Well, but, T's and P's. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's why, <laughs> that's why I'm having a Miller Lite, having some vitamins, having just a good old time this week. And and other than that, no, I'm good, dude. Had a really good workout, dude. My legs, I sent you that in the chat today. My legs were in between sets, were legit, like, shaking. Like, I was, like, in pain. Mark sent that to me the other day. I think he might have showed it to me, actually, when we were at your parents' house on Saturday. And immediately, I was like, I want no part of this. Brother, I was done by... What gets me is like I do the first set of thirty seconds and I'm like, oh, this is this is fine, but then it's like the thirty second. And then normally I take like a minute off. And I then just became hosed after that. It was awful. After every every exercise, after like the second set, I'm I'm toast. I'm done. Yeah, it sounds awful. It it looked awful. It sounds awful. I might do it just to like just to do it. It has been nice just to kind of change up the pace a little bit of doing like duration instead of reps, but yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, he was explaining to me like the 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 theory behind it, and I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And like mentally too, it's like you're not counting. I'm so focused to too. Like yeah. I'm so focused in. Like I'm just like not really even like focused on my breath at that point. And then like the the it's weird. Like I start to burn out, but I'm like, all right, like I know because I have this little interval timer on my on my phone, mm-hmm. and it's like it starts to beep a little louder as it gets closer to the end. So I'm like, I know I'm getting there. It's gotta keep. So it's it's nice. Yeah, that's good. I'll give it a try at some point. Just you know, when I feel less self destructive. Um, or maybe more self-destructive. I was going to say, I feel like that's more of a self-destructive decision. But, uh, good. Yeah. We were, uh, we were talking before we jumped on here. You, you put on your Instagram, you had a little bit of a scare with Jimbo yesterday. So I'm glad to hear that he's oh. doing okay. Oh, so if there needs to be any other reason for me to hate fucking snakes, that's another reason. You almost killed my dog. You motherfuckers. God damn, dude. Well, I've, I've said to Kristen the last like month or so, I'm like, yo, he needs to be careful with like walking into those little shrubs and bushes along like tall grass and a by like, oh, yeah, woods. oh, yeah. I mean, he's gonna get smacked by either like a fox or something's gonna get him. And believe it or not, he's up in it. I'm like, buddy, and I'm trying to like, without pulling him, I'm like trying to like give him the hint to kind of get at this fucking little gardener snake hopped up, got him right in like the back of the leg. Dude, I, I reached down, took that. I almost like fucking stomped on the snake, but I just yeeted it. And then I was like, picked up Jim and I was like, oh my. And then he started like panicking. It was, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, no, that's scary. That's scary. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. And then we got home and he was like panting real hard and like drooling out the math. And it was, it was a mess. It was a mess. <laughs> well, shit. I'm, uh, I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's okay. Cause obviously I was like, yo, like, I well, don't yeah. think I should leave him at the house by himself. So I call in, and at about the time that I'm supposed to leave to get to work, of course, he wakes up from a nap and then starts humping something. I'm like, God damn it, you bastard. Like, I, I knew you'd be fine, but kind of rubbed it in at that point. But no, other than that, dude, I'm good. How's your week been? Week's been good. Work has been busy, which uh, has good. Dog days of summer are like, uh, they're just they're here. kicking me right now. Yeah. And it's like one day is one day super busy. One day is not. So it just kind of windshield wipers back and forth. I wish it sure. was just consistent. Um, but no, today was busy. Today was really good, though. Um, had a good workout uh, today. Kind of blew through like an arms and core day. Mm. But uh, last night went to the Nationals game down in D.C. Oh, so jealous. For, it was my first time ever at Nationals Park. Um, you and I talked a little bit. D.C. is just great. Like coolest, I, it's the coolest. I fucking love DC. I I wish I spent more time in DC than I do because like oh. I never go down there. Um, but it's it, DC is awesome. It's the the stadium is really interesting. It's like in the city. Like Camden Yards is in the city, obviously, but it's not like yeah, it's in, in like downtown it. DC. Yeah, yeah. Nationals Park is in the city, and it's really really cool because now, granted anyone who follows me on Instagram saw the seats that we had. I had really good seats and shout out to shout out to junior shout out to my dad for, for the seats that he got. Um, but the stadium has this really, really cool feel. Like you enter on the concourse and then it's like sunken in almost. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, especially in like the lower levels, like on the lower side of the concourse with Camden yards, even if you sit down the foul lines, like in that lower level, you don't necessarily feel like you're, below ground level or like that you're sunken down you know what i mean like you still kind yeah. of because it's so open and you know like you you have utah street there and everything kind of feels like it's elevated i guess for lack of a better term i yeah. probably don't make any sense right now but and i've never been to dodger stadium but everybody who talks about dodger well, stadium says it says it's like on like a in like a mountain 
Exactly. So Dodger Stadium is built in uh, it's into like a ravine. Chavez Ravine is what it's called. And you actually you enter from the upper deck and then you make your way down. It's wild. It's wild. But that's kind of the feeling that I got with Nationals Park because like you enter on the concourse. And then I think because it's in in it's in D.C., it's in downtown D.C. And it's like built downwards. So you like go down and you kind of like feel like you're surrounded by the You're hanging out with Trump and the bunker boy. Well, not quite. You're in the bunker. Underground. Why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? As you sip sip your Miller Lite. You took a shot at me earlier. Yeah, that's fair. But anyway, no, it was my first time at Nationals Park, and I really enjoyed it, dude. The stadium is very nice. Cool. I really want to – so I think they play – did the Nats already come – no, we already played there back in, like, April, right? Because I really want to go to like an Orioles Nat series. Um, I was saying that to I was saying that to my friends that I was with last night. I believe, per the new like scheduling and whatnot, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure the Orioles will go down there next year. They go down. Um, every, they, they go down. It's every even even without the scheduling change. It's like a okay. like a special rival game that yeah. every team gets for the series. I think it's four games, two and two. Um, okay. So I do know that they'll go down there every year. It's just a matter like. I personally don't like gambling in April with like the weather. Like it could either be beautiful yeah, or it could fair. either be fucking piss miserable. And I don't, I don't feel like being there. The only day that I'm, I'm going to the game in any weather in April is opening day. It's the only day. That's fair. But anyway, no, I said to my buddies last night, I, when the Orioles are down there next year, yeah. like I'm there, I'm going. I, because... I really do want to go to it for sure. And I'm a little disappointed that the Orioles, like when the Orioles were in Philly, I didn't go to any games there because like going to an away game for your team is so much fun like i feel like in that college last in college i went to an orioles yankees game in yankee stadium and like wore all orange it was when the orioles were ass but they won the game which was really cool but like just being you know behind enemy lines it was really really fun um yeah. but yeah last night was an experience that i've never had like i went to a baseball game watching two teams that i like didn't didn't give a shit about yeah so i really just kind of got to like sit back and enjoy it and just take in the baseball yeah. And it was it was really, really cool. But anyway, yeah, nice. last night was really cool. Nationals Park is I, I would recommend it for anybody My who hasn't been and wants to go. I love DC. I love baseball. It really, really doesn't make much sense why I haven't gone. Yeah. And then that just got me thinking, I can't wait for Caps games because I want to go to more Caps games next year. Dude, they're so fucking cool. Even when they're, <laughs> they're the apps, best. it's just fun to go to. It's just a good it's just a good time. Um, yeah. I bold prediction. I think the Caps are actually gonna be decent this year. I said it. That is a bold prediction. Did they hire a coach yet? Yeah, yeah. Who they, they get? hired the uh, the old uh, Hershey. He was like a, I think he was a Toronto assistant, but he used to be the Hershey Bears head coach. And um, he's all about like young guys and speed. So, which go. is exactly what they need, according to people in the group chat, aka you. Precisely. <laughs> I can't. Is is George on the same side as you? I don't remember. Mm, no. Mm, 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 as far as like getting younger and faster and whatnot. So I. I, I don't disagree with what he's saying that they need to do a rebuild, but they're also never going to when Ovi's here and we signed all those guys. So we can't make any moves. So it's like we're in cap hell and we have a franchise guy that's going to be here for the rest of his career. And we better listen to what he wants and he doesn't want to rebuild. So we were listening. Well, and, and that's, that's my thing too, as like an objective sort of third party outside viewer of the situation. I'm assuming that conversation has been had with, Ovi, like yeah, it was had you know, after the 2020 season. They asked him if they would be if he would approve like a a rebuild, and he was like, "I would prefer to not trade my friends and not make a rebuild." And they're like, "All right." And he's okay. playing, he's scoring goals. That's all they care about at this point. And I'm yeah. on board with it. 
Yeah, look, I mean, you got your cup, right? You got exactly. your cup. Now it's now it's all about getting him to Gretzky. Yep, 100%. 100%. All right. Well, cool. I'm glad they hired a, a coach that, from the sounds of it, they could lose of. 82 games this year if Ovi scores over 35 games or goals. I'm totally fine. Is that like his average, like career average? I think per his year? career average is like 38 and a half or something like oh, that. Okay. Something, something crazy. But and how does the math shake out for him to get to Gretzky? Like, I think it's less than a hundred. Um, oh, really? Real quick, Ovechkin career goals versus Gretzky. Um, Ovi is at eight. Yeah, he's at no, it's at 72. So he can get there within the next two seasons. Yeah. Holy shit. I thought he was like three, four years out at least. No, he's he's if he keeps up his pace, he's probably like this season. If he can score, so he's what what did I say? 70 some goals out. If he can score, I think you said if he can get the 40, he'll get it next year for sure. Wow. Are you gonna go for the potential? I, I told I told Kristen, I said, listen, there's not many things in this world that I'm telling you, I don't care what is happening. I'm at two sporting events. It is him. Well, him it's tougher because he has to be scoring goals and you never know. Like you can't go sure. to like 12 straight game. I will be at his cool. final game in DC. I will be there and like, don't care what a ticket price is and I'll have good seats. Like I won't be, I'm there. And then an Orioles world series. I'm like, I have to be there. I have to. Yeah, of course. That's just, you know, what you sign up for as a fan. Someone someone asked me a stupid question. Would you rather go to an Orioles World Series with shitty seats or Ravens Super Bowl with good seats? I think Orioles. 100%, right? Because it's a yeah, home like, environment. Even... You're at the stadium, like, right? Plus, I feel like with Super Bowl, it's more of a production and, like, that's kind of my point is like, like with a Super Bowl, it's one game. So they have to pack in all this crazy shit. And it's, I, I don't, you get more fans that aren't fans of the teams there than a World Series game. Yeah. And plus, I mean, I feel like I was crazy. I was like, I was like, no, it's a World Series. It's like not even close, actually. Yeah. I'm kind of with you, like, as far as it not being close. I was actually just having this uh, discussion with a buddy of mine at the gym. Baseball is a sport where I prefer to watch it live, whereas yes, fo- 100%. football. I have to be in like the best circumstances to watch it live. Whereas like, even like it could be Super Bowl or it could be week two against a non-division. No, I completely agree. Yeah. Same thing goes like, I have to be in the most comfortable and preferable situation or circumstances to watch the game live. Like I football watching at home is just better. And like, like significantly. And it's not even, not even close. No, I like, I don't even think it's up for discussion. And like, personally for, for me, like I've sat in like a bunch of different areas when it comes to being at a football game. Like I've sat in the end zone. I've sat on the sideline. I've sat way up in the nosebleeds. I've sat in a skybox. Like I've experienced it from a bunch of different angles. And like, for one reason, just me being like a football nerd, I, I, I actually like watching from a bit higher because I can see all 22. Yeah. Yeah. I could see all 22 and I could see plays develop and I could see what's going on. Whereas like, if I'm right on the the field, like if my my uncle, for example, his business partner has seats that are like four rows back or something on the visiting side uh, sideline. And it's really cool to be that close and see all the guys. But like it's kind of tough to see what's going on on the field. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like the one game that we went to last year was the Broncos game. And coincidentally, it was when Lamar got hurt. And like I oh. didn't even know Lamar got hurt until like two drives later. I was like, wait, what? So yeah. like. I just with football, it's the 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 experience watching at home is just significantly better. And plus, they know the owners know that the TV is where all their money comes comes from anyway. So the investment is just dumped into the experience watching. I can't wait, dude. 
can't wait. Dude, me, we, we're so close. We're, by the time this episode comes out, we'll be at 20 days. I'm just also just really excited for college football, too. Like, I'm just well, happy. Yeah. I'm just happy football's back. And we're getting to a time of the year where I don't walk out, my balls start sweating, and I'm uncomfortable. This heat and, the last couple of days has just been awful. Yeah, it's been awful, dude. Like, I sat outside. I, I walked gym for 10 minutes yesterday morning, and I was sweating, like, within two minutes of the walk. Like, I'm like, this is – it was 7 o'clock in the morning. Like, it was stupid. Like, I just, like, I, done. And I'm getting – eaten alive by these goddamn mosquitoes and it's just been miserable i fucking hate summer speaking yeah. of college football are you gonna rock with tennessee again this year or are you, you um, picking i'm a up for squad? grabs I'm, I'm a free agent and i'm making the decision the week of college football why don't you come join notre dame we got a quarterback now well well and, and our defense is good we got quarterback and we got a defense there's or, no brian kelly no no thanks no no what not brian, brian, brian kelly's um, not there anymore brian no, kelly's no, in lsu um, What's his name? Marcus Freeman is the, the head coach. coach. Currently, yeah. Oh, right, because Brian Kelly went to LSU and said, "With yeah. my family." Right. Yeah. Right, remember, right, he, right. he went down there and said, "My family." Right. Okay. I'm sorry. So that might actually happen. I, I'm, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. We'll become the number one Baltimore-based Notre Dame football I'm gonna podcast. Put together uh, the next. Uh, I'm gonna put together like five teams. I'm gonna draw from a hat. All right, that works. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good segue into our sports talk today. Uh, so obviously we're going to start with baseball because that's just where we are in the sports calendar. Now there's uh, more going on with baseball. So we'll start there. Um, last couple of days in the Orioles schedule is Jim is just running Scott up and down his house. The Orioles uh, currently in the middle of a West Coast stint. Um, they started out three game series in Seattle. Uh of which they took two, which I don't know about you, but I feel like that was kind of a bigger series than people made it out to be. Like, I think taking two out of that stoked about that series, hundred percent. I think taking two out of that series was massive because Seattle's super hot to go. What was that? I said they needed to go four. No, they needed to go. I think you said five and four. No, I thought I said they needed to get a win in every, a win, win, and then two in Oakland. Okay. So it's a, so it's a, it's a nine-game stretch. Yeah, so I, I think, said I said five and four. You were right, yeah. five and four. Five right, and you four. said you said five and four on the road uh, on the stint. So we took two out of three in Seattle. We're currently split. That was through a two great games. series, though. Holy smokes, it felt it like a playoff a series. series. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I'm, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But um, so we take two out of three in Seattle. We currently were Scott and I are recording this Wednesday night. So we split the first two games with San Diego. Um, so we're currently, what does that make us three and two, right? Yes. Yeah. So we're three and two so far. Yeah, I think my shit Dante, you know that <laughs> me, well, me either. Apparently Oh Jesus, we're currently, we're currently on a good pace to get to that five and four number on this nine game stint. And yeah. based off of your preseason predictions for the month of August, I think you had us going like 13 and 14. You said 13 and 14. We're playing, we're playing above that right now for the month. Dude, the, the, they are. The O's are really fucking good. Like they're just they're just a really solid team. And the fact that they're not perfect at any area is really impressive. I'm I am legit worried about their pitching going forward. I think that that As will it'll, it'll be it'll be a it'll be a reason why we lose a series and it'll be really fucking frustrating because it was, it's like the Ravens with the like the wide receiver like such an easy fix, but for whatever reason. I won't get on that soapbox, but um, 
the fact that they're really good at everything else is really exciting because it's kind of how I felt too about the Ravens of like if they can just address and not even be great at it, but just, just have one, one guy, one guy that can go in there. Same with the bullpen. They need one more guy and one more guy. So I guess two guys. Um, I'm just I'm I'm stoked about them. I think I think. And who knows? Once you get in, like I've said that before, once you get in, it, anything could change. Anything could happen. You get hot. Yeah, I mean, start feeling it, and the pen were, it changes everything. Yeah, exactly. You were beating that drum last year when it came to Philly. They had the worst uh, bullpen in all baseball, and lo and behold, they get to the World Series and held their own. I think against a really good Astros team. Um, yeah, I, well, I think they had. Um, they won what game one, right? I believe so. And then I think the other losses until I think game five. It was close. Like it was, I think, or I, I no, it was, I, was it, was it a, was it Astros in five or six? Yeah, I think it, it was, was Astros in five because it ended in Houston. Right. But there was only one game that I think Philly was really out of. And that was the combined no hitter. Correct. And every other game, it was like within a couple of runs here and there. So yep. yeah, you're absolutely right. Once, once you get into the dance, you only need a couple bounces to go your way. Um, but you know, that being said, the bounces could easily go the other way. So you definitely want to have the best guys in the best spots there. And pitching is definitely one of those positions where we're lacking dudes. Um, but it's not even but, a matter of, of that. I'm concerned that we were lacking dudes. I think we're lacking guys that have, that aren't on innings limits. If that makes any sense. Like okay. we have a bunch of guys that haven't pitched a full MLB season, which was my concern going into the season it was like, yeah, well, sure. Bradish could be great. Wells could be great. Kramer could be great. All they want. But then, as that season extends into October, they've never done it. So it's like, yeah. like let alone if they did it well or not, like they've never legitimately Just ever the sheer the volume. Season. Right. So it, that's the only part that's concerning. I think they have the guys, I guess, but I think that they should add a guy in the off season. And then I think in the next two weeks, you're going to see DL Hall, John Means come back, which will be huge. And, and I'm so fucking stoked about DL just being a bullpen arm. He's been so, that guy. He's been that guy from day one. He's a bullpen lefty arm that's just nasty. I didn't want to agree with you, but you've been on that take for a while that he's a bullpen guy, and and I I don't see how there's any way that they cannot make him a bullpen guy. They tried they tried him to be a starter yeah. in spring training and in the minors. Yeah, I got it. I understood why they did it, but he's a bullpen arm. He just he's is. a he's a bullpen arm, and and there's nothing wrong with that. And with Mm-mm. you said it, you said it with Fuji when we brought Fuji over here, moving a guy like that to the bullpen with a really live arm and good stuff, especially somebody like DL coming from the left side, you, you limit their body of work to, okay, DL go out and give us four outs or five outs or whatever. And just shove it. He can empty the tank on those five outs and not exactly. having, not have to worry about going five innings. So, you know, you see the velocity tick up on his fastball. You maybe see him grip that curveball or the slider, or whatever his off speed pitches a little bit harder and he gets some more breaks. So, he looked really good last year too in the last mm-hmm. like yeah. two weeks of the season, three weeks of the season. Yeah, once he kind of got his uh once he kind of got his sea legs under him at the big league level, he was he he looked like he settled in okay. Uh I'm with you. I, I mean I'm I've been excited about DL really ever since we started hearing about him how uh, about him a couple of years ago. So I'm absolutely with you. I'm I'm really excited to see some of these other September call-ups that they make. Like, are we gonna see a Heston Kerstad. Are we going to see Joey Ortiz? Are we going to see some of these guys that, you know, we've been talking Kobe Mayo potentially. I don't, I'll be interested to see what the course of action is when the roster expands in September, but I'm going to go back. You, you made a point to say that you think this team is really good. I'll take it one step further. I think this team is special. I do too, dude. And there's something about them that I don't know what it is, but they just feel like they're, they got it. 
Uh, yeah, we've been talking about them all year, and rightfully so. They are, statistically speaking, they're one of the top two teams in baseball, uh, just going off of their records and whatnot. But what I what I can't wrap my head around, and I've been doing this really for the better part of two months now, three months, is we continue to talk about their inequities and like where they lack in spots, and starting pitching money. being one of them. And obviously, we know the issues with the bullpen, but they continue to win. Like it doesn't stop yeah. them. So, you know, say what you want and and rightfully so about the bullpen. Like the bullpen will be an issue sooner rather than later, I'm assuming. And I, I agree with you. I think starting pitching is more than likely going to come up and bite us in the ass when we get to the playoffs. But all year, man, we've been saying the same shit, addressing the same quote unquote issues. Yeah. And they just continue to win series, which is really impressive. I think I think this team is really, really special. And I just hope that they can carry it through October. If they if they're not gassed, if they can manage a way to keep this rotation fresh and the bullpen fresh, I mean, damn, then then yeah, I think they can go toe to toe with anyone. I think the only team that I, I think the Braves are gonna fucking run away with it. I think they're gonna Me go too. and just fucking run table on that place. So but, good. They're but, just that lineup. Well, I think the, that lineup, I think the if they get, could be that in the next two seasons, next season. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. And honestly, like, I mean, we we hung our own with with Atlanta back in May or June, whenever we. And that was when there. I don't think they were playing really even their best baseball at that point. Like, I feel oh, like absolutely they're starting not. to get there now that they're playing a real good baseball. But, and if you remember correctly, in all three of those games, we had a lead past like the fifth inning. You know, we were in every single game there. We really should have won two out of three, if not swept, and we only walked away with one. But yep. we don't need to. Also, get, we don't need to get back how, into that again. How fucking dope is this poster? That's really sick. I'm getting frames for him tomorrow to hang these little babies up because. And it's yeah, gonna it's go. Good. There you go. I have this one, so it's like a, it's like a, it's a little double John. Okay, nice. Yeah, they're so. Yeah, sick. that's really these nice. Jerseys are so fucking cool. They're gonna look so goddamn beautiful on a Friday night in October when they're playing in the in the playoffs, national televised game. God damn, it's gonna be beautiful. You think <laughs> they're gonna break them out for playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the do- the deal with Nike is regardless if it's a Friday night, you're wearing them. All right. You don't think they wear them during the playoffs if it's a Friday night? I don't know. I most definitely think they are. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be opposed. I'm just saying. I don't know. Cause I would act out. God forbid, like, Gunner hits, like, a walk-off bomb with those things on. That would be problematic. Like, I would. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. All right. Let's take a step back and actually talk about some baseball. So, the Seattle series. Game one, uh, to be cl- uh, quite honest with you, I don't remember game one. I think that was the King Felix day, wasn't it? No. That was game two. Um, no, yes, it was. The whole weekend was King Felix weekend. I'm sorry. So, that was a – sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you were right. Okay. But anyway, we won the first game, right? Nope, we lost the first game. We lost the first game. Okay, so we lost the first game. Then the second game was the was the whole weekend King Felix because I thought yeah. Felix Batista got the it was save. A whole weekend. It was a whole we- weekend of King Felix stuff. Okay, okay. But anyway, I remember the the day that Felix got the save, which was game two, was like the big thing, and everybody was like, "Oh, the real King Felix." Which fuck that guy, the 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 announcer that did that I mean, at the what a nerd, what, what a, a loser. But anyway, so we get the win game two uh, and then game three, which will forever go down in the history books as the Cedric Mullins game. You know, my feelings about Cedric Mullins, I had I'd like I had, he's he's on he's getting there to like as I grew up, I love Jones. He was like he was my guy. Love Jonesy. Cedric's like creeping up to that, like that echelon of guys that I just have something. And when he snatched that ball. 
out of right center field with his left. Just a beautiful play. I lost my collective fucking mind. And then when fucking Bauman just threw a damn meatball, meatball, holy shit, right down the middle. The guy launched it up to the fucking Eiffel Tower. And then, I mean, he couldn't. He couldn't have. He couldn't have put that in a better place if he told him where it was going. He touched all of that baseball. Holy shit! But then the part that people aren't talking enough about that Cedric Mullins at bat was, I think, the pitch before his home run. It was a three. It was a two-two count, two-two count, and Cedric let this like really good pitch go by that was just off the plate. I mean, it was like clearly a ball, and it was a really good. Like it wasn't one of those fifty-fifty calls that could have gone either way. But it's one that most non-really good players swing at, and even really good players swing at it from time to time. But it was just a really fucking good take. And then when he ripped that ball, I—I I mean, I started. I start, you know, you start like fist bumping, like yeah. out of control. I started doing that, clap it, like <laughs> went nuts because I was just like, that is because two pitches earlier he hit that ball foul, and I was yeah. like, oh my god, that felt similar to the Nate McLeod foul ball. I was like, are we sure that that was foul? But oh my, oh my God, it was so cool, dude. So cool. Yeah, I mean, and was he was a defensive replacement in that game too, in right? The ninth inning. Yeah. Oh my God, what a! I mean, you want to talk Crazy. about pulling a move out of your ass, Uncle Hyde? Just move the move of the century. We won't talk about that though, right? Because Hyde sucks. That felt a little personal. It was. I was more so at Georgie. I was more so, at, but it was a little bit at you because you 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 shit on him. No, I feel like I've been really realistic about Brandon Hyde. You know, there's some things that I, I may get on him a little bit too harshly for, but I just, I, my biggest thing I've said it time and time again, I just think he overmanages at some points, but you know, I don't, I don't think you're, I don't think you're totally off on that. That's something that can be changed and adjusted though. Sure. But anyway, no, the, the decision to put Mullins in center field was clearly the right decision. Why did he do that? Did who did he take out? Was it Tony? And then did he move some Hayes to right field or left? I'm maybe? not entirely sure what the ordeal was. That it may have been Cowsey, to be honest with you, and they may have taken him out. I don't. I don't know what the day. I don't know what it was. That to be honest with you, um, it feels like when Cedric plays, the team just has a different. So has a Jimmy Smith effect that just. When he's on the field, That's a perfect he analogy. may not do crazy hit three for four and and be a lightning rod, but like he's That's just a perfect analogy. He's just a really steady player, and he plays a Gold Glove center field, and he'll help get on base for you and just be a really solid fucking baseball player. I want. I think I said this at the beginning of the season. He would be. I predicted it mid season. It's not happening mid season, obviously. I think he's going to be the first player on that roster extended. I agree. And I think he, I think he's earned it. Like 100%. Austin Hayes, Austin Hayes has had a phenomenal first half of the season, but second half of the season has been night and day. And Dude, I mean, he did like now like two sixty. Yeah. And he when was he hitting was what? Like three thirty at the break. Three thirty. Three fifteen, three twenty somewhere. I know North of 300. So you really, yeah, he was hitting well over 300. Cheeks. But, and, and, and to the point of consistency, right? Like he did this last year too. And last yep. year, I think he was dealing with an injury or whatever, which apparently yeah, he's he might healthy be. this year. Right. So I just, I don't think Austin Hayes is a guy you can extend. It'll be interesting because I think he's in the last year of his contract, or maybe we have him for next year too. I think we have him for next year. Do we? Okay. So maybe like the six year is like halfway through the year or something. Cause I think he's coming up close on that six years of service time. Yeah. But anyway, I don't think as much as I love the guy, he's so gritty and he plays a really good left field. 
I just don't think Austin Hayes is a guy you can extend with with the guys that you have behind him. He, he is a guy, especially with the guys coming in the outfield, guys that are infield prospects that might be going to the outfield. Just, I mean, as much as I hate it, like I'm all for proven MLB guys, but I think I, I he does this every freaking year, dude. It's every season and every year. Like I, I get on him at like at this time, and people are like, "By." Before All-Star break, everyone was shitting on me. I'm like, just wait. Wait, he did the same thing last year. And I'm just, I'm done with him. I'm done. Not to toot my own horn, but I was called crazy by some people saying that we should trade him at the All-Star break. That's all I'll say. Um, but sure no, I... I still do that, but, you know. What's that? I'm not sure if I would have done that. Well, yeah. Ah. Ah. Uh, but no, I... I think he's a guy where you're just like, look, thank you for your service, but you're not in the future as it currently sits. And, you know, hope that he's, he gets a, a nice little payday somewhere else, which I'm sure somebody will pay. Oh, he's a decent, 100%. he's a very, he's, he's a, he's a plus defensive outfielder. He's shown that he's got some power, so he'll find a home. It's just, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be in Baltimore. Um, so agree. anyway, that was the Mariner series after the Mariner series before heading down to San Diego. Uh, a little bit of a point of contention among Orioles fans. Colton Cowser was sent down to Norfolk. Um, in light of Aaron Hicks coming back from the IL. He just got hurt again, though, by the way. <laughs> Did he really? He was out last night due to a sore back. Fucking A, man. All right. Anyway, back to Kowser. I initially, I didn't agree with it. I don't think I still do, but I understand. And I felt this way with, um, I don't know who it was a while ago. It might have been Gunner at the beginning of the season, but I know we've had a similar discussion to this. I just, I don't understand. No, it was Grayson. It was Grayson. I don't, I don't know why the idea of him going back down to AAA to see the same pitchers that he was shitting on months ago is going to make him a better MLB caliber player. I understand the whole confidence thing of it. And if that is what it is, then fine. Um, but I think he's shown you glimpses that he's capable of doing it at the big league level. And you know, if the other part of the argument is we're not in a point of the Orioles season to let guys figure it out and basically just penciling out in the lineup with one player. I understand all of that, but to me, it's like, and I felt the same way with Grayson, which obviously I was wrong. So I very well could be wrong when it comes to Kowser. But to me, it's like the only way he's going to get better at the MLB level is to see major league pitching. And he's obviously not getting that in AAA. So I would have preferred, obviously you're kind of in a tough spot with Hicks being available, but I would have preferred them keeping him up and letting him get not every day at bats, but letting him at least be more consistent in the lineup. So that way he can see more pitches and get chances to see these guys at the big league level. So he can adjust that way. Kind of, yeah. for lack of a better term, baptism by fire. Yeah. Um, but you know, he needs at bats. He's, he's got to figure it out, whatever. The biggest thing to me that I saw with him were it, it was actually it was two things that I noticed with him. One, he was taking way too many pitches. He was just way, way too, too passive many. at the plate. Way too many. I, I said it. I said it with Gunner at the beginning of the year with Adley when he kind of went through that cold spell. If if Colton would have just been more aggressive, especially early on in the count when he was getting good pitches to hit, I think he would have been fine. The issue, um, though, it, with Gunner when he was doing that earlier in the year and he was being aggressive, he was making contact. Kowser's just been like his, his at-bats have been like non-professional swing and miss 
Um, he's that was the other thing I was going to say. The other thing is he was just swinging through way too many. Like everything. There wasn't a pitch he was hitting well. It was like everything he's been really struggling. And it's it's crazy to think like I don't I don't think he was like overwhelmed or like not ready for the moment. No, he, I don't think so either. Mm-mm. He at least you know seemed like he felt like he belonged. It's just I don't know. It, it very weird situation and. Like Todd said, I'm not worried in the slightest for his future. No. I know for a fact. That's why, why I'm not even reacting. I'm just like, no, okay. Yeah, He's I fine. know for a fact. Whenever he comes back up, he'll be fine. And yep. whether it's a, whether it's in September when the rosters expand or if it's beginning of next year, whatever, he will be fine. And I'm fully confident in that. I just for for me personally, looking at like this stretch run that we have here, I would, in my head, best case scenario, he's up for all of August. He works through his growing pains. September, he starts to get his feet under him. And then by the time playoffs hit, he's good to go. I just but, think the O's aren't – I just don't think the O's are at a point where they want to be wasting – and for him, for him, I don't think – so the, the only thing I, – I mean, I agree with most of what you're saying. I think the thing that would be difficult is for him to snap out of it because what was different with Gunner is Gunner came up at the end of last year and looked really freaking awesome. So you knew, right? You're like, all right, it's just a matter of time till he snaps out of this, right? He came out of opening day. So you're kind of thinking, okay, everyone gets off the slow starts. I, I hate the analogy of like, well, it doesn't really matter as much in April it wins or wins that it, it adds up. Yeah. Um, but I think it was the fact that you saw Gunner do it already that you're like, okay, he's going to get back to this. Kowser, like you said, like, yeah, he's not going to be facing MLB pitchers in AAA, but at least he's facing guys every day. He wasn't going to be getting into the lineup every day, and he shouldn't have been until he was hitting more consistently. And so Fair. I think that that's where it ultimately came down to was let's just go ahead and put him down. I do agree with you. Pitching and hitting is is very different. Um, it's nowhere close to the same call. Like, you could have, like, with me with Grayson, when his stats were blowing up, I was like, I literally didn't care unless what his location looked. Because, like, I know what he can do down there. It's more of a, all right, let's work on now with Kowser. Let's get your confidence back up to where it was. Let's get you now thinking you can. And even if you struggle, like, let's just start seeing you see some baseballs, like, more consistently every day. And then let's call him up in September. He's going to be a two-week thing. He'll be back up in September. And even if he's not, I still wouldn't panic. If he was, like, he goes down, he struggles for a little bit. Like, I don't know. I just – Here's the other thing, though, Dante, is, like, eventually one of these prospects will not pan out, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah, just that's a fact true. of the matter. And I'm not saying I think that's going to be him, but it's just, like, you know, I we've agree. had Adley be such a star. We've had Gunner. We've had Grayson. We've had uh, Westberg's been a huge surprise. And it's, like, eventually one of these guys are just not going to work out. And it's okay. Just, like It's, it's, it's statistics. It's just the law of averages here. And mm-hmm. And if it's him, well, at least we still got other guys. But like, I don't think we're there yet, and I don't think people they need to be concerned in the slightest. Yeah, but anyway, that's just that. That was my thoughts on the whole situation. I know I I put out a couple of tweets about it, and so did you. You were talking to uh, I saw you had a little exchange with Tyler Naughton about it. Like, it's object like from thirty thousand feet, probably the right move to make. It's just for me personally, the way that I think about it, it, it sucks. Like, it just sucks. Yeah, the way the way that I think about it, like I said, I think the only way that he's going to get better at the big league level is to see big league pitching, and he's obviously not getting that in AAA. But you're anyway, probably, like, you're, Dante, actually, you're probably you're definitely correct. He would not be he's not going to be getting any better than in AAA. It's a confidence thing at this point. Sure, like sure. And if that's what it is, then fine. And as I've said time and time again, and will continue to do so until I've been proven wrong, 
Mike Elias has given me no reason not to trust him. So yeah. I'll trust him. But, yeah. you know, I I guess rather than not agreeing with the move, I'll just say I don't like it because I don't. Yeah, it sucks. I I, I yeah. was like, damn, that it felt it felt the exact way I felt when G Rod got pulled down. I was like, damn, that yeah. sucks. But I think it's I think it's and G Rod, Jesus Christ. I, he, I was he just looked, about to say that looks so damn. That's good. a perfect segue into the next thing I wanted to talk about. So you talk about a guy fucking coming back with a vengeance. Grayson Rodriguez in Game One against San Diego on Tuesday night. No, sorry, Monday night. Yeah. Not only was that the best he's ever looked that was like by far and away the best he's ever looked in an Orioles uniform whether I don't give a shit about what the stat cast says of what his best stuff spin rate bullshit that was just he looked so poised that's a hard lineup dude that's a hard lineup to get through three there was a stretch there was a stretch in one of his innings of work where he went Soto Machado Mm -hmm. and exactly what yeah I forget who the third person was but he who yes it was you're right it was bogarts he went he went soto bogarts machado and mowed through them like, like it was like nothing over, like like overmatched shit bro he gave soto 101 on the hands and soto could not touch it he's going to be good dude he's going to be really ferosa I feel like we should every week we should have the intern just run up a DeRosa counter because I feel like we mentioned him a ton at this point. He's so good. He's so good at his job. But anyway, incredible. And I'm like, I hope for as like a fan of D-Row, I hope he gets to MLB gigs. I think that's what he wants. I just hope it's not the Yanks. Also, I don't want him to because he's so damn good. So good at what he does. So good. But anyway, D-Row mentioned it Tuesday morning on uh, MLB Central. I think it's called. That was not only like ace type stuff. That's game one of the ALDS stuff. Yeah, like it is. It is. If if Grayson can dial that in, what he had Monday night, if he can bottle that and look oh, like boy. that more or less for the rest of the season, I understand Bradish has been incredible. And I think at this I point, think, I think Bradish is getting the ball one. But who I agree. better could you be giving it to than two with with G Rod in that point? I I one thousand percent agree. But look, if if Bradish just continues to do what he does and has done all season he's absolutely going to be your one or your two in a playoff series. But if Uh Grayson more or less does what he did Monday night, he might be a guy where you look at the matchups and you say, Hey, yeah, it's your ball. Go get it. You know what I mean? So, but no, he, I'm I'm just going to rattle off his stat line because he looked fucking unbelievable Monday night, seven innings pitch. First time he's ever gone seven, three hits, one earned run, one walk and six K's. I know we we've talked about him a bunch, but those last two figures are what stand out to me. One walk and six K's through. He wasn't, what, he, he wasn't getting the K's. I, mean, I, I guess he was, but they were hard strikeouts. Like they weren't. He had no to work. Got, yeah. He had to work for me. He's just been dominant. He's and so good. like you said, the San Diego lineup is not an easy one. I mean, we're talking about Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Xander Bogarts, Fernando Tatis, their leadoff guy, their second baseman, um, Kim is his last name. He's yep. he's a good hitter. Like Jake Cronenworth, who's a good hitter. Uh, obviously, he didn't play Monday night, but fucking Gary Sanchez hit a grand slam on Tuesday, so like he's still around. Like these the the San Diego team, they are they're good hitters. They're professional yep. hitters. 100%. And Grayson made it look like a fucking double A game. Like he, I've never seen him look that good, and it's really fucking. It made me so optimistic about. The, the rest of the season and his and honestly his his tenure as an Oriole because if he can bottle that man watch out mm. 
give him a full off season here, knowing he's in the bigs. He's a big league pitcher. He doesn't have to work to make the opening day roster. You're a big league pitcher. You're in this rotation. You saw it with Braddish. You saw it like that extra little I'm an MLB pitcher off season is sky's the limit. Was last year Braddish's first year? He was a rookie. No way. Really? Dude, wow. Braddish is going to be real fucking wow. good. Hey, remember remember when we gave uh, L.A. Dylan Bundy for Kyle Braddish? <laughs> sure do. Yeah. Sure do. <laughs> Uh, wasn't that another trade that ESPN flamed us for? Hold on. Hold on. Who did, um, it was Dylan Bundy for Braddish and like two other guys. I think. Was it, was it, it wasn't Chase McDermott. Was it? Yes, it was. I think it was. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Chase McDermott got, was, was in that trade. I think you're right. I think you're right because yeah, we got him, we got Bradish, and we got like one other, probably some nobody. I know we got one more guy Dylan that. Bundy. Oh no, no, we didn't. Never mind. No, we no. didn't. It was Kyle Bradish, Isaac Matson, Zach Peak, and Kyle Burnkovich. No, it wasn't. Okay. So anyway, we Fresh got out. Kyle Bradish. We got Kyle Bradish for Dylan Bundy. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Give me it. Every day of the week. Um. But yeah. So that was that was game one, and then game two, just not even a contest. Tuesday night. Jack Flaherty really struggled, just did not, did not look good. Um, I didn't watch the game because obviously I was at the Nats game. I watched the first inning and I saw how it went. I was like, yep, I've had enough and I went to sleep. <laughs> I, my dad texted me as I was at the, at, at the game Tuesday night, Flaherty looks bad. And then two seconds later, grand slam. So I was like, oh, okay, good. I didn't yeah, even, have nice. to worry I'm about even have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, game three tonight, who's going for us? Is it Kramer? Yes. Okay. He's been a good little stopper this year for us. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 I think he struggled a little bit once he kind of felt the heat, but he's, he's came back on over the last, I don't know, See, I think six, the seven other, I think he's, I think he's pitching better since the heat. Cause I think that, that Washington game where he went in there and shoved and then the Atlanta yep. series when he was really on the hot seat, he ever since then, he's just been solid. Yeah. Kramer has been uh very much a pleasant surprise. I I don't know that I was a huge believer in him coming into the season. Um, but I mean he's he's shoved that right down my throat. And I mean he's he's earned his he's earned a spot as a top three guy in this rotation. So kind of yeah. like I was getting kind of like I was getting to regarding the September call-ups with like, is it gonna be Heston? Is it gonna be Mayo? Is they are Colton Cowser gonna come back? Whoever it's gonna be. I'm interested to see what they do with John Means because like you said, I'm I think they're expecting him within the next like three to four weeks, like at worst. So at that point, do you go to a six man rotation? And so they're doing a six man right now. Right, right. That's what I was going to say. Like, do you keep the six man rotation and send Irvin back to like a full time bullpen? Or I think do you go? Irvin's been pitching well. I think you just throw means in the pen and let him kind of work his way. You think they'll put means in the pen? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't know how he would fare as a pen arm, but you know, who knows? Could you could you imagine we get a we get a day where we go from Grayson gives you six, means no. gives you one. It's why I want it. It's why DL I want it. gives you one, and then Felix shuts the door. Yeah, that makes me horny. It makes me real heavy down in the old <laughs> down in the old midsection. Um, so just looking ahead a little bit for the Orioles. Uh, so obviously, like I said, we're recording Wednesday night game three against the Padres tonight. Then they are off to Oakland for a three-game series, and then I believe they have either one or two travel days before the next time they come home. 
Uh, and then they come home for a four game stint with Toronto. And then I believe right on the heels of that is three games against Colorado. Yep. I will be at at least two of those games between the four and three against Toronto. I and, plan and on Colorado. Being at, I plan on being at Friday night against Colorado. I think that's when I'm going to go to. Um, I would like to go at least to one of the games against the Blue Jays during the week, you know, catch yeah. one. But yeah, I'll definitely be at either Friday or Saturday of the, of the Colorado series. But that's what we got coming down the pipe. And I believe I heard a stat, if I'm not mistaken, on the broadcast Monday night that the amount of teams that they play under 500 over the next like 20 like days or baseball. something is the most in baseball. So it's exactly what we need heading into September. When do we think they clinch a playoff spot? What date? What are we looking at? I'm going to say just a, just a playoff berth. Playoff berth, yeah. I'm going to say September 12th. So just after week one? Yep. When do you think of division? I think the division is going to be a little bit closer than we expect. Just because I think Tampa is like, I think Tampa's really reeling right now, and we I won't think, have to talk about what's I, going on down there. But I think Toronto's going to catch us a little bit. I was going to say, I think, I think Tampa, I think water will kind of find its level with with Tampa, and Toronto. Who knows what's going to happen with them? So I think that I think the division will be a tighter run than we may expect. But I'll say September twenty fifth for the division, brother. I don't think Tampa's. I think Tampa's going to miss so? the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, losing McClanahan is a massive loss. And then you're also losing. Uh, and then with, you know, Wander is a whole other can. Of but also, I think Glassnow's hurt again. Really? I think well, so. I didn't know that. Yeah. If he's hurt, then fuck, they're done. Pretty sure he's hurt. I think you might be right. I think I remember vaguely hearing something about that. If Glassnow and McClanahan are down, I oh, mean, no. they might as well. No? He pitched last night. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, <laughs> Uh, all right, but that's the Orioles, Scott. You have anything else on baseball before we go ahead and move on? No, dude. I'm so pumped about this O's team, dude. I'm excited to watch them tonight. Yeah, me too. I uh, I got the uh, the pregame on right now, just waiting for the coverage to start. Just saw Brett Hollander's face on my TV. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's go ahead and move on from baseball. Let's move on to football. Scott, we said it last week. It's officially football season. We had NFL football on our TVs this weekend. Full slate of games from wonderful. Thursday to Monday. It was great on, I think it was Saturday afternoon. It was, um, Todd and I were watching, we had the NFL network on and there was just like a couple games on and it just felt like red zone in my, in my belly a little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. Nice. Getting together with you guys at your parents' house Saturday night with the wings going and the beers were going and everybody was running around. Your mom did the, the, the beautiful spread of desserts that she always does. So great. Puts me in a food coma every single time. Listen, 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 it, it just, it felt so much like an NFL Sunday. Yeah, and it felt nice. It felt good. It got me so damn excited for that, for those, those, for that first NFL Sunday, man, is going to hit like that 1980s Reagan administration crack. And I cannot, cannot wait for it. <laughs> what? Oh my God. Oh my God. Wow. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Saturday was great. Ravens extend their preseason streak, which I know you love to talk about. Fuck. <laughs> they're, they're at uh, 24 games. Um, I don't really know that there's a ton to talk about with this game. Um, well, maybe there is. I was a little bit surprised at how many guys that, like, not necessarily starters, but higher on the depth chart played. Well, like, 
Well, I mean, guys from the secondary are definitely starters now, but well, secondary for sure. But like Gus Edwards, right. Gus Edwards playing, I was not expecting to see him out there. Um, that I was not in like he was taking carries in like late second quarter. I was like, no. Yeah. And then like another thing I thought was weird. Tyler Huntley not starting the game was a little bit odd to me. Now, maybe they were just trying to like let Josh Johnson put some good film on tape for another team to snag him because I don't think I don't think he's going to be a Raven unless he's like our third emergency quarterback. Um, But yeah, Tyler Huntley not starting. Stanley didn't play, obviously. Gus Edwards playing, I thought was a little weird. Um, Other than him, like, I don't know. Did did Hamilton play? I can't remember seeing him. No, he did not. Hamilton did not play. Uh, Humphrey did not play. Who else? Uh, Roquan. Did Patrick Queen play? No. Okay. Uh, But Adafi Owe played. I know that. And I don't know. I I thought he looked okay. I saw some clips of of him just, like, working on the line. And I don't think he had Mm -hmm. a sack or anything, but... You know, he's moving well, which is good. Did uh, did Ojaba play? I don't even remember. I don't. I do not remember either. But uh, anyway, I think the, the the biggest takeaways I saw, at least people talking about on Twitter, uh, Keaton Mitchell looked really good. Yeah. The undrafted running back from, from yeah. Eastern Carolina. He looked really good. I'm very excited about him. And uh, I thought Tyler Huntley looked good in the second half. He was I spinning watch, it a little bit. I didn't bit. watch a minute of Hunt's night out i was just i was just catching it sort of in and out here um and then i i watched some clips when i got home saturday night he was he was spinning it a little bit i I thought he looked pretty good and if he can if he can be a serviceable backup with with this new system and kind of help lamar do his thing hope i never see him i am i'm gonna second that i'll match that statement i hope i never see snoop sorry snoop Nobody no, you know what? I hope I hope I do see Snoop. Yes. When we're beating teams by fifty. Sure. Right. Well. Said. Right. Or in week seventeen or eighteen when we clinch the division and we don't need Lamar out there. Right. Well said. Um, I also saw a bunch of people talking about Brandon Stevens not looking good. I didn't think he looked bad, but I don't. I don't remember really anything about it. So. Yeah, I I'll be honest, dude. Preseason football, I watch an opening drive, then I'm kind of like, I am. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, but I don't know. I just people were talking about Brandon Stevens. Maybe I missed something. I don't know, but apparently he yeah. didn't look good. I so. didn't notice a thing about Brandon Stevens. Uh, so anyway, moving away from the game, Ravens win 29. Oh, before we move away completely from the game, Justin Tucker hit a 60 yarder like it was nothing. He's crazy, dude. Crazy. He's a, he's 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 an animal. At one point, I forget who was calling uh, Gary Sandusky, or is it Jerry Sandusky? Jerry. Jerry, Jerry Sandusky at one point said that they should change the Hall of Fame rule to allow him into the Hall of Fame as he's currently playing. That's a really good point, which it's hilarious, but they absolutely should, because there is nobody that will ever be better than him. No, completely agree. Justin Tucker's the goat. He hit a 60 yarder. It would have been good from like 65. And that was his first, I think, kick of the game. So there's nobody better. There's nobody better. He's got three legs out there. Oh, uh, but anyway, moving away from the game, I think the biggest piece of news. Well, there are two big pieces of news. One good, one bad. We'll start with the bad. Uh, Marlon Humphrey is going to miss some time with a foot injury. Um, yeah, this is not good. That's hitting the E button. Emergency. Yeah, I definitely reached. I, I didn't I didn't open it. It's still in its little glass box. I definitely reached for the panic button, though. And it might have just been instinct, but I definitely reached for the panic button because looking past him on the depth chart. 
it doesn't look good. So we have Rocky Sin, obviously, who I think he'll be fine, but I think his ceiling is just that. I think his ceiling is fine. Sure. Humphrey, Jeff Z put it perfectly. Humphrey was the one person outside of Lamar Jackson this team could not afford to lose, and we just lost him. Now, thank God Sarah Ellison uh, confirmed via Josina Anderson, I believe. It's not Liz Frank, which if it was Liz Frank, we'd lose him for the whole year, which thank God it's not that. Um, yeah. But what do you mean? I'm worried that he'll come back and then he'll hurt it even further than he's done. Yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see what the injury is because if it's a Liz Frank strain, then I'll be in the same boat as you. If it's not Liz Frank entirely, then, you know, dodged a bullet. Um, but now so that the, the thought process goes to who else is behind him, Jalen Armour Davis and Pepe Williams have been struggling with injuries all camp. And who, who knows what's going on there? Rocky sin. Like I said, I think his ceiling is just fine. And, you know, after that, you're looking at Caillou Kelly, you're looking at Brandon Stevens. You're looking at maybe Kyle Hamilton comes down and plays slot corner or nickel corner. And you let Gino play that that other safety spot next to Marcus Williams, which I think is probably what's going to end up happening. Definitely what needs to happen because he did that last year. Agreed. I just don't really know where you go from here because the free agent market is not great when it comes to corners. I I saw a bunch of people, a bunch of people were mentioning Kyle Fuller's name, which wouldn't hate it. Honestly, wouldn't hate it. Yeah. Just kind of take a mulligan on last season. Um, I've been saying this name for a while. Casey Hayward, former Steeler, is still out there. He played for the Steelers and he played for the Raiders. He's still out there. I wouldn't hate bringing him in. We signed uh, Arthur Millette. We signed that guy from the Bears whose name is escaping me. But outside of like those guys, I don't really know that there's any sort of stopgap that you can that you can just throw out there right now. Yeah. One guy, I believe it was uh, it was uh, Spencer. I don't know his last name. His his Twitter handle is Ravens for Dummies. Okay. He he floated the idea out of trading for Carlton Davis from the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bucks, I think everybody's kind of unanimously saying they're not going to be very good this year. And he, yeah. I think his his tweet exactly was, depending on how seriously they take themselves, we might be able to get him for like a third or a fourth round pick. Which, if you're if I'm Eric DeCosta, I'm making that deal immediately. I'm at this point, Dante, and this season feels like it's kind of. AFC championship or bust. I'm going all in fuck draft picks. Go get me Jair Alexander, like go yes. figure something out. And that I'm not was, saying, I'm not saying if they don't do it before the season start, like, I think, I think the cost is going to put all his chips in this off the season and be like, all right, well, next so. year we just don't have draft. And all right, we're fine. Like, for whatever, okay. for whatever reason, people have floated Jair Alexander's name to the Ravens for like the last, like two or three years. I don't yeah. know why, I think they're going to do it big because I think they remember when they get when they got Peters, what that did for that defense. Just oh god. My my only concern there is he just signed a massive deal with Green Bay, so I don't know if the cap would yeah. work. Now, yeah, I mean, we've established right. that the cap is fake, so we don't have to worry about that really. Yeah. Um, well said. But also, I think Green Bay would probably want a first round pick for him. Which if look. If I'm Eric DaCosta, sure, give him a first round pick. I don't care, but I know how Eric DaCosta is with his picks. Yeah, I don't know so, if you do that. Exactly. Now, if you can get him for a two, like you got Roquan, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, in a millisecond, him, millisecond. him, and him and Marlon Humphrey would be the best cornerback tandem in the in the league by far. Do you think we still get Odell and Lamar and Zay if they got Darius Slay this offseason? No. With the amount that we would have had to pay Slay, I don't think we could have signed 
Odell. We probably go get Zay because we don't have Odell, but I don't think we get Odell if we get Slay. And frank, frankly, I'd rather have, I think I'd rather have Odell than Darius Slay. As much as I would have loved Darius Slay here, I think exciting. Odell means, means more. More exciting. Yeah, I, well, without question. But anyway, yeah, so Jair Alexander, I've seen a bunch of people saying it. I just, I don't know if that's realistic. I would be over the fucking moon if we went out and got Jair Alexander. Oh my God. I just don't see, I just don't see it happening. Now, if corner continues to be a problem after Humphrey comes back, whenever that is, and if the Packers are really struggling, just let's say, for example, Jordan Love isn't really, like he, he doesn't have his feet under him yet. The, the O-line is a big question mark over there. Their defense is really not keeping them in, in games like they expected them to. Then, then maybe there's a conversation to be had. But as it stands right now on August 16th, I just don't think that is likely. I think somebody like Carlton Davis is definitely more potentially mm-hmm. within the Ravens' reachability. But I'm just putting that out there for the masses right now. On August 16th, 2023, if Jair Alexander ends up a Raven, that might be how I go to prison. That might be it. Yeah, I may have gotten the, the, the prediction just a little early. You might have just been a little premature. But... If it happens in August, which is not going to happen, but just if it happens, then I'm I'm right on cue. Yeah, then somebody's going to need a need to get me a brick wall to run through. Oh boy! I said what I said. The other the other bit that's of news a, that's a little bit of an overreaction, wouldn't you say? <laughs> <laughs> the other bit of news, the good news coming out of Ravens camp is J.K. Dobbins is back. Awesome, wonderful, Super Bowl back, back on. I I will be honest. I've been a little annoyed with JK. So Me too. I, have I was to. like, at first I was just like, good, fuck him. But then I like, I was like, no, that's actually good to have him back. That's actually huge. That's, that's it's, fucking awesome. It's very big to have him back. <laughs> I, dude, I, I, I can't remember if I said it to you guys on Saturday when we were all together, or if I said it in the group chat with uh, your dad and Shmi. Um, J- Keaton Mitchell with all the talk that's been coming out. If I said, I was like, if, if he plays well, it might be good enough to heal JK's knee or whatever. it was. Uh-huh. And sure enough, JK's back. So, I uh, that's another situation I'm kind of keeping my eye on because there's no way that the Ravens are going to keep five running backs on the roster. They just will I think, not. I think justice will get the boot. See, I think if anything, it'll be Melvin Gordon. Because... Oh, I'm sorry. Melvin Gordon for sure. Okay. Yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. So justice Hill, they, they, they just re-signed him granted. I think it was only a one-year deal and I don't think there was too much money involved, but they really like justice and he mm-hmm. plays special teams. So he's got a, he's already gotten in there with Harbaugh. Gordon is old, obviously. Like he's a decent runner, but he's got the fumbling issue in the past. Keaton Mitchell can give you a little bit of that, you know, in space, third down back type dynamic that you get a little bit with JK, obviously to a lesser extent. And Keaton Mitchell, if you can teach him how to play special teams, then I think he's going to make the team without question. Um, but I'll just I'm keeping my eye on it because they could either keep melvin gordon and try to keep uh keaton mitchell stashed on the practice squad which i don't know how well that'll go but anyway i'm just i'm keeping my eye on the running back situation i think it's it's definitely a good problem to have i'll just be interested to see how they handle it yeah i don't know what they're gonna do to be honest but they got their big boys back they got their oh yeah big boys. oh yeah speaking of boys raven's been playing a little bit of bully ball this week oh god I can't joint Joint practices with the commanders, and I think there's been at least three fights every single day. I love it. The one what, that I love the most was when Duve just came in and fucking smacked that that dude. Did you see that I think, one? No, I don't think so. It was with the Tylen Wallace fight. No, I think he okay. slung him onto the ground. Beautiful. Okay. Just beautiful. 
I saw, so I saw the Tylen Wallace one and on, it cracked me up watching it. As soon as Tylen Wallace threw that punch, you saw Tucker off to the side, put his helmet on and he was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And what, what's crazy is like, not only are they getting into fights, it sounds like the Ravens are like kicking the shit out of the commanders, which is great. You, I love it. Give me back the dog dogs. And speaking of dogs, not just in regards to fights, your boy Zay is just continuing to shine. I it's so exciting. It is so so very exciting. He that one clip, that, the one clip that the Ravens posted, I believe it was Wednesday afternoon, where he was kind of doing a one on one, and Lamar hit him on like a, a hitch route or something. Now, it seems very simple, and like anyone who just sees it would just take it for granted. Like, Oh, that's just, you know, a regular hitch route, whatever yeah. Zay, the fact that Zay as a rookie had the peace of mind. And if anybody hasn't seen the clip, go back. It was from Wednesday afternoon. Zay had the peace of mind, albeit in a one-on-one drill to turn his head over his right shoulder. Lamar was, he was on the outside to the left. Lamar was inside to the right. He turned his head over his right shoulder, almost like he was going to fake like a, a fade route, dropped his hips, turned around and caught the hitch. The defender, I don't know who was covering him, gone. Get him a map. Yeah. And Zay just real leisurely caught the ball. And then the other clip that was going mega viral of him in the back of the end zone where he just shook St. Baptiste. That went out of the screen. Dude, I mean, he is just making these guys look silly, man. And they, this is like, it'd be one thing if he was doing this during preseason. He's doing this in these joint practices where the ones are in and like, beautiful. I mean, he's he's it's it's ones on ones right now with these joint practices. So it's as close to a live rep as you're going to get. And I am so goddamn excited about a Ravens wide receiver. Stop me if you've heard it before. Dude, he looks so good. He looks he looks it feels like he's the guy that's going to finally put it into that little wide receiver. I mean, I think Joystick. they could as well, but like I just oh, beautiful. Beautiful. He's got that shiftiness. His breaks in and out of cuts. He's so quick. It's yep. stop and start. Man, he. You want to talk about potential to be special? That kid has got. He and Lamar seem like they special. got a little connection too. Just well, off and, uh, he's South Florida boy too. So, and right. Lamar in one of his press junkets a couple of days ago, he was like, "Yeah, we've been working all off season. They came down to Florida, Zay, Odell, whoever." Yeah. Um. So yeah, man, they they seem to have a nice little chemistry going on, and I think you want to talk about a matchup that could be special. Like I said. That that eight to four, look out. And again, this is fans. The expectation is let's get hot mid October. Yep. And after that point, dude, this I know we say it every episode. Just a couple more weekends now till we wake up. It's cold. It's chilly. The pumpkin coffee, the pumpkin pie. I got. Uh, what's who, Rich Eisen and the boys getting me fired up for the morning that Michael Irvin yelling at you for no reason at oh. nine o'clock in the morning. Oh God. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. Can't hey, wait pretty soon. 20 days from football. And we're about a month out from fall weather. You know, we're going to get one early September. That just feels nice. You always oh, yeah. get one nice, cool little 60 degree morning breeze coming in. Oh yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I feel something. I feel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm such a false slut. Like I'm. I'm so. Me dirty. too. I'm such a false slut. It's like bad. <laughs> it's so. I'm getting all horny. Look, oh, fall my. is far and away the best season. It just oh. is. 
I could feel, I could taste, I could smell it. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And hey, before we know it, we're going to have playoff O's baseball. We're going to have Ravens football. And we're going to have Maryland college basketball. Oh, my. Well, no, that's in November. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> we're all serious. <laughs> But anyway, that's football talk. That's all I had really uh, on the Ravens and, and preseason. You got anything? Fired else? up, dude! Can't wait. I'm, I'm excited for Monday night. Little little Monday night football. I'm I'm a little bit worried that it's in, uh, it's in well not DC Landover. It's in Landover, right? Knowing knowing that field. Um, but anyway, don't let anybody play and get out of there healthy. That's all I'm gonna say. One hundred percent. But uh, yes, yeah, so we have Commanders on Monday, and then the following week is at home against Tampa Bay, I believe. Yep. So we'll get to see Baker Mayfield lose his job to Kyle Trask. Back in Baltimore. Back in Baltimore once again. (laughs) Uh, All right. That's football. We can move on to our top five draft. This week, we are drafting top five electric college football players. Now, I wanted to stipulate most electric because... I don't think all the time the most electric player is the best player. Are always the best player, 100%. We are strictly going off of electricity, the vibe that we get watching these guys play. So most of which I'm assuming between you and I have watched these players. All there the guys be- that I'm that are on my board legitimately are guys that I've watched. Okay, so there's there's one that I'm probably going to pick that was like real early on in my football I got one fandom. In, I got a couple on here actually, but and then there's there are some that are most likely going to end up as honorable mentions that were well before our time. But like I said, we're just going off of electricity, not necessarily the best college football players of all time, but the most electric college football players. So I have the number one pick. You fucker. In my mind, there is no other number one pick in this draft. This is a clear runaway one one. My pick is Reggie Bush. Mm-hmm. Good job. Reggie Bush is really what made me one of the reasons I should say that I fell in love with college football. Yeah, not not college football, football in general, really. The first college football video game I ever had was NCAA football 06 with him on the cover. Mm -hmm. It was my favorite in the yellow. Yeah, I, I purposefully never bought another one because of how good that game was. I played it well throughout high school into college until I I got rid of my old PlayStation. It was such a fucking good game. I loved Reggie Bush, those those classic Trojans uniforms, him and Matt Leinart, and just everything about it, that Rose Bowl against Texas. Reggie Bush was unbelievable in college football. Fucking, uh, he, he should have been the number one pick in the draft to, to Houston. If Peyton Manning wasn't a Colt, then Houston goes Reggie Bush. Yep. Instead, he ends up in the Saints. I think, he won a, I think he won a Super Bowl with the Saints. He did win a Super Bowl. But anyway, Reggie Bush is my 1-1 here. Nice job. Yeah, there was really no other pick there. Good job. So I get two here, right? You do. I'm going to take, to me, I essentially think is this as my one because I knew you were going to take Reggie. Okay. To me, Tim Tebow, dude, that brother just brought that place. He was going to be my next pick if you didn't Every take him. week, it was, just, it was just something new with him. Tim Tebow is just – and he kind of even brought it into uh, the NFL, that game against the Steelers. He was yeah. just – Yeah, that, was uh, just that like Christmas left. Eve game. Maybe the greatest like leader in sports. He's just awesome. I was just about to say what was more impressive than his play on the field was his leadership because you look at that cast of characters at Florida when he was there, man. Murderers. Literally. I know that's why I said it. 
<laughs> number two and, might number two might surprise you here, but go ahead. I was gonna say, and you know, Urban Meyer was the coach, so there was just hell, hell going Lots on. Lots of blast, lawlessness. I mean, actual lawlessness going on down there. Anyway, so Tebow is a good pick. So you're your second pick now, Scott. I think this one might surprise you. Okay. I got Mr. Michael Vick. Ooh, good pick. He was at Virginia Tech. He was just bananas. He was sick. He was barking, no pun intended, just at people. He was phenomenal. I got Mike Vick there for me. That's a really good pick. He, I completely overlooked him. That's a really, really good pick. Thank you. Uh, okay, so I got two here. So I still have, for for better or for worse, I have a good amount of my board still yeah. up. Yep. So my next pick. I I this may be going. a little bit controversial. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go Cam Newton. Oh, damn it, you bastard. Cam Newton, that that really, his Heisman oh, yeah. year at Auburn. His oh, Heisman yeah. year at Auburn oh, was, yeah. awesome. it was must-watch television. Anytime he was on the field with that Auburn squad. And what's crazy to me is it, it reminds me a little bit of another guy that might get mentioned later on here. It's not like he was playing with a ton of guys that ended up in the NFL. Like it, it was more or less the Cam Newton show. It was, the, it was show. a Cam Newton show. Yeah. 100%. So yeah, he was he was a guy. I just I had to have him on my on my team. So I respect I'm taking, that. I'm taking Cam with my second pick. My third pick here. This this may be a homer pick, but I gotta do it. Lamar motherfucking God Jackson. Damn it. Lamar somewhere else. Motherfucking Jackson. He. He, I, I don't want to say he revolutionized the game because in college there were a lot of guys that were kind of that dual threat, but I don't know different. if there's... He was different. I was going to say, I don't know if there's been anybody who has done what he was doing at the caliber at which he did it. So I, I remember vividly watching him that entire season. It was when Joe was still kind of falling off there for the Ravens. Yeah. All year, I was like, man, I want him to be a Raven. And he ended up becoming a Raven, so... Yeah, I got to take Lamar Jackson. His 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 two years there at Louisville before he came into the league were, were just remarkable stuff. Damn it. I was hoping you were going to skip on both of those guys. I thought for sure you were going to take someone that's super high on my board. Okay, this one's a slam dunk, brother. I get two, right? Yes, you do. My man, Vince Young. I love that guy so He was much. on my board. He, he was on my board. He's just the coolest dude ever. That Rose Bowl against USC is one of my, like, deepest childhood memories of watching that game me too he was just really cool um he was he was so he was, then he was on madden his rookie year wasn't he he was uh was it his rookie year it might have been his, his next year he he was on it like very early on in his very career. early in his career i loved him he was phenomenal my next one good pick a little bias as well here just a little bit all right robert griffin the third I had him high on my board. I was going to take him on my next Baylor. pick. Holy smokes, that dude! I thought I thought Robert Griffin III was going to be the next greatest football player to like ever live. I was. So did I. I was, so did I. I was on that same, very similar, like Reggie Bush feel. Was like was yep. like, oh my god, this dude has something that, and he may have been if he didn't play for the fucking awful franchise in Washington. Yeah, the R words. I RG three man. I was very much in the camp when he was coming out. I was like, he should be the number one overall pick. Like, yeah, I get Andrew Luck, but yeah. RG three is the guy. And obviously, Andrew Luck was very good. And both Andrew both Luck was, careers, was awesome. He would not fit into this criteria, though. Agreed. Agreed. He was he was very much your your lunch pail, first guy in, last guy out type guy. Yep. That 
while he's not electric, he was incredible in college and, and very good in the pros. But RG3, man, I really do think if he plays for any other franchise, he still has a very solid NFL career. But anyway, two really good picks, two guys I had on my board. All right, so I have my last two here. Uh, my first pick, well, first pick in this last two here, fourth pick overall, <clears throat> I'm going to take a guy who was my favorite player growing up. One of the reasons why I wanted to play the position, I'm going to take Ladanian Tomlinson. Mm -hmm. Nice pick. Nice pick. I don't really don't remember him in college, but, but nice pick. He, he was the one that was like a, like borderline before my time, but Ladanian Tomlinson was a guy who like, I, he, he, him and Reggie Bush were like the top two guys for me growing up. Like I remembered yeah. watching him, that purple five at TCU, him just tearing up whatever conference TCU was in back then. And then when he translated to the league, like I think my first NFL jersey that I ever got was an LT powder blue Chargers jersey. Right. And I just, yeah, I, I fell in love. Those. those were so sick. Yeah. I mean, I fell in love watching LaDainian Tomlinson. So I, I had to take him. My last pick. This I don't think he's on your board, but I have to take him just because of how much I fucking love the guy. Johnny fucking football. He was on my board. Was he? All right. Johnny Manziel. In in my opinion, he was like, I actually and the reason that we're doing this draft is in light of the untold documentary on Johnny Manziel, which Scott, if you haven't watched it, I think you'd really enjoy it. Johnny Manziel was to this day, I think he's my favorite college football player of all time. Like I remember vividly sitting down when I, I was in high him, school dude. and watching him on Saturdays, that, that game in November when he went into Tuscaloosa and beat Bama his Heisman yep. year. I mean, he was, you want to talk about the, must watch the, television the drop ball. And yeah, 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 yeah. The, he was, he was appointment TV as Stephen A. Smith calls Kyrie Irving. He was box office. That's that. That was Johnny Manziel at Texas. A &M. Just like it. <laughs> Thanks. Nice. So anyway, that, the, that that's my fifth pick, Johnny fucking football. Nice job. Yeah, that's a good pick. I was hoping maybe he would fall, but he did not. So this one's gonna go a little bit. Um, I'm interested to hear what you think about this one. All right. I think for any player to win a Heisman outside of the position wide receiver is really fucking dynamic. And I got Devontae Smith, dude. Oh, okay. That guy, his last year at Alabama when he won the Heisman, he was just. I mean, he was, you had to watch him. I mean, that, that wide receiving yeah. core was already great, but he was just the cream of the crop in that group. He was remarkable. Um, I love Devontae Smith, too. That one video of him last year in the rain with the Eagles, and he was asking for gloves and shit. Yeah, yeah. He just asking, funny. Dude. Like, ah, give me a towel. Give me a towel. And then you need the cleats. <laughs> Devontae Smith, that's a, good, uh, that's a good pick. Adley just started off the game with a base hit. There we go. Um, yeah. Devon, when, you, when, you said, uh, when you said not – at the quarterback position. I thought you were going to go Charles Woodson for whatever reason. Oh um, no, but no Devonte Smith. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So that rounds out our top five, most electric college football players. That was, draft. That was a good one. That was really fun. Uh, so my team, my five, Reggie Bush, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, LaDainian Tomlinson, and Johnny Manziel. Scott's what? five, Tim Tebow, Michael Vick, Vince Young, Robert Griffin III, and Devontae Smith. Those are two damn good teams. Those are. Those are nice. Yeah. I think we did well with that one. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I have a bunch of honorable mentions here. Um, so the first one I had that we didn't pick was Joe Burrow. Yep. I know he's not like super sort – like he, he's not electric in the same way Lamar is. Sure. But that's – what was that, 2019 when LSU won it? Yeah, they were good. 
I mean, he was slinging it for like six touchdowns a game. It felt yep. like. So anyway, I think I think Joe Burrow would have been a good pick there. This one kind of goes back a little bit, and he's not as big of a name in the grand scheme of college football as I think he probably should be. Pat White back at West Virginia, him and Steve Slayton, those two were unreal. But Pat White, if Pat White was playing football in today's game, I think he would have been probably a first or second round pick as a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, he was really he was doing that. He was doing the read option stuff just before it was really big, big. Yep. But anyway, I had him on my list. Darren McFadden that one year at at Arkansas. Darren McFadden was a fucking beast at Arkansas that like one or two years that he had there. Yeah. Uh, And then some some old guys that were like before my time, like really before I started watching football. Ricky Williams, I had up there. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, Bo Jackson and Barry Sanders. I had Desmond Howard on there. I, the the iconic Heisman pose that he hit on that punt return. Yeah. Charles Woodson, I mentioned him. I got him up there. Um two guys that I thought might have been a little bit borderline for our criteria. Marcus Mariota and Baker Mayfield. I had Baker, but Marcus Mariota, yuck. Well, I mean, he won a Heisman that 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 I forget what year it was in Oregon, but I don't know. I feel like he had a run where he where he was, you know, fun to watch. Plus, I mean, Oregon and all their uniforms and whatnot. Yeah, sure. Yeah, stinky. Yeah, I guess. Um, the only other one that I had was Manti Teo. A little bit of a Notre Dame homer, but a little bit. He little that, bit. The, the year that he was the runner up to the Heisman, I he was he was I mean he, he was, was doing good. shit. He was he nasty. was doing shit that like you you couldn't help but watch and talk about. Yeah. No, you're right. He, I forget who they played. It might have been Stanford, but there was a night game on NBC where they wore yep. the green jerseys, and it was in South Bend. And he had this massive fourth down and goal stop where I think he might have like jumped over the pile and stopped somebody trying to score. But I, I remember it vividly. It was in his untold doc. They like highlighted that game specifically as like part of the turning point to that season. But anyway, I had him on there too, just because, like you said, like you said with uh, Demonte Smith. To be in contention for a Heisman outside the quarterback position, you let have alone to be on doing something. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. What about I you? Had, you have um, any that we didn't hit? I had Ed Reed. Okay. Sean I thought Taylor. About, I was going to say, I thought about Sean, throwing Sean Taylor on there. And then the other guy that definitely deserves as just pure nastiness was, um, where is he? Oh, Jamar Chase. He was mm. sick that last season at uh, LSU with Burrow. I almost put him and Justin Jefferson both on there. Yeah, Justin Jefferson and yeah, those those two were sick. Yeah, I'm that as much as I hate them, especially now because they're Bengals. That 2019 LSU team, I really do think is the best college football team that's ever been assembled. Oh wow! I think the only one that rivals them is um, I forget what year it was. Might have been either '99 or 2000. Uh, the Miami team where it was. Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, Willis McGahee, Clinton Portis, Jeremy Shockey. Yeah. All those guys down in Miami, like when Miami was Miami. But yeah, that, that 2019 LSU team was just unbelievable. Yeah. Nasty. Nasty. Anyway, good draft. Good picks. I think, I think we, I think we hit all the guys that really should have been picked at least for our generation. Yeah, I agree. Uh, All right. So anyway, that wraps it up. Episode 66 in the books. Scott, last order of business. Shout outs. I got three. Four, actually. Lay them on me. Lay them on me. Number one, the most important. Mrs. Taylor Swift announcing 1989 Taylor version 
three days after my birthday. Thank you. She knew what I wanted for my birthday. She's just, she's just, can't say enough about her. She's, she's a superstar. Number two is uh, Rockstar Gaming Studio. Uh, Red Dead Redemption remasters coming out uh, tomorrow, nice. actually. I'm uh, currently playing two, which is really one in the order. So I'm going to beat that, then play Red Dead 2. Um, nice. Number three, we already talked about him. Mr. Zay Flowers. Dude, he's going to be fun. He's going to, and, and it makes me look really good. It makes me look seeing, really good. Seeing like the way that your face animates when you talk about Zay is the same way you talk about your wife. Don't say that. She's upstairs. <laughs> Don't say that. Um, and then the last final one, a little selfish me. I just finished up my summer semester, heading into um, fall semester, which is going to be a little wild, but I'm, I've done two extra semesters of college, which I thought I'd never do. So I'm kind of pumped about that. Good for you, dude. Thank you. Uh, all right. So I have a couple shout outs as well. I have, uh, I don't know, two, three. So the first one goes out to my dad. Shout out to my dad, Junior. He uh, hooked me up with some great tickets at the Nats game last night. Um, I had a great time. They were they were really cool. And like I said at the top, it's a stadium that I will definitely be going back to. Um, so anyway, shout out to him. Second shout out goes out to your parents, your mom and your dad, for hosting us last Saturday. That was the first time I feel like all of us had gotten together in a while. Really? Since the Super Bowl. Yeah, since the Super Bowl. And I don't know, I missed it. It was fun. It was fun. It was very nice so anyway, to with everyone. Yeah. Shout out to your parents. And lastly, last one. Shout out to my guy, Bobby Santoni. We hear him every week on the program. I talk about him a good bit. Uh, he and I have been chatting a little bit here and there. He's still killing it with his shows and whatnot. He's going up to New York, uh, I think, either this weekend or next weekend to play. Uh, he's playing a bunch at like a bunch of different places in Philly. He's killing it. Uh, I'm. I want to get him on the pod at some point so we can kind of just talk about him and his ride and whatnot. He's a big sports guy too. So it would just naturally be good conversation. But anyway, if, if anybody hasn't tuned into his SoundCloud or any of the mixes and, and music that he puts out, if you like house music, it's impossible not to like his stuff. Cause he's, he kills it. But anyway, shout out to him. He's yeah, he keeps baby killing Bobby. his shit on instagram is on twitter his promos and whatnot for all the music that he's making so shout out to him shout out to bobby That's awesome good shout out thanks appreciate that uh all right episode 66 that wraps it up puts it in the books scott wow. only Stay one way to take us out well Stay hydrated, of course <laughs> keep going peace
me closer. I can't lie. I'm into you. I can't hide from the truth. Drop my eye. Pull me closer. And never. 